0: second sermon on it, and now we will deal with the verses 5 through 7, that's also the those who did not believe, and the angels who did not (coughs) keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternity. sing together God's praises in Psalm 34. The stand- instruction, which is usually a reminder to keep them from some kind of harm. We all need reminders. We need to remember our own mistakes of the past and also the mistakes of others. We have to learn from them. If we don't learn from our own mistakes and the mistakes of others, then it will not go well with us. Same thing. writing. And so he goes on to remind them about what happened to Israel thousands of years ago. He wants his his readers to remember what happened to their forefathers, how many of them died in the wilderness because of their disobedience. And he also wants to remind them. judgment not be a day of terror for us, but it should be a day of joy. And it can be if we also heed the warnings that God sends to us. And that's what the text of this morning is all about. The main theme of the message is as follows. The Lord reminds us of his judgment in the past to prepare us for the final day of judgment. And he gives us example of disobedient Israel, second place, the example of the fallen angels, and then finally the example of Sodom and Gomorrah. As we saw last week, Jude, in his introductory words, first reminds the believers of all the riches that they have in Christ. That's how he starts off. He writes about our common salvation once for all, delivered to the saints. Through Christ, mercy, peace, and love have been multiplied to us. They're great riches. We have been delivered from the grip of Satan and death, and we have been granted the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Do you realize how wonderful that is, brothers and sisters, boys and girls? first verses of this letter, he also warns the people of the false teachers who slipped into their midst. These men want to rob the people of their faith. And in verse 16, he describes them as grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. And so now he says here, essential part of teaching and because of sin we need to be constantly reminded of things for we forget sometimes deliberately at other times without realizing it and then first he gives the example of redeemed Israel and he takes an example from the beginning of her existence as a nation people from Egypt in a most miraculous way. He did that out of his love. They were slaves in Egypt where they were treated harshly. The worst thing about their existence there was that they were about to be annihilated or assimilated. The longer they stayed there, the more likely they would be taken over completely. They would take over completely the idols of the Egyptians and then they would become like the rest of the world and come into the grip of Satan God did not want that he loved his people too much for God always wants to preserve a people for himself to serve him and so what he did he do he delivered them out of Egypt and he showed them Had, the people, had to let the people Israel go. And then the Lord God led them through the Red Sea. Another miracle, another display of. Food to eat and drink to drink, they lack nothing. Even the sandals and their clothes them with a great plague nevertheless he continues to provide for and to protect them and to plan a wonderful future for them in the promised land and so he tells Moses to send out spies into the land of Canaan and to see what is going on there so that he can prepare them and there the spies find the land flowing with milk and honey it's a promise great variety of good foods are grown there and God promises that he will give that land to them and that he will defeat those people who live there who live there in their sins and who do not want to repent from their sins but what happens when the spies come back were in some places 15 feet thick and 50 feet high. They were scared. They wanted to go back to Egypt. At least there they knew where they were at. And they forgot all the miracles that God had only recently performed and now doubted that he could do it again. They listened to the ten spies who saw nothing but difficulties and hard road ahead. They didn't listen to the other two spies. Joshua and Caleb who reminded them of God's faithfulness and God's power and who reminded them of his promise to grant them all that they would need for their well-being that he would defeat them instead of How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a greater and stronger nation than they. That's what the Lord said to Moses in Numbers 14, verse 11 and 12. be spared. All the rest of them would die in the wilderness. In our text of this morning, it says that the Lord delivered them out of Egypt and that he is the one who destroyed them. And from the original, it is clear that this is actually a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we read together from 1 Corinthians 10. He is the one who delivered them out of their enemies. Paul says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, where he writes that they drank from the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. It says in verse 9 that they should not test the Lord, as some of them did. Ultimately, it is the Lord Jesus Christ whom they rejected, whom they tested. would not enter the land of Canaan. That amounts to a lot of people dying, brothers and sisters. According to Numbers chapter 1, verse 45 and 46, all the men who were 20 years old or more numbered 603,550. One commentator did some figuring and came up with some amazing figures. Pointed out that if we add an equal amount of women, an equal number of women, then those who died on the way to Canaan numbered more than 1.2 million people. And if we divide that total by the number, that total number by the number of days of the 38-year journey to Canaan after... a stern warning not to think lightly of God's judgment. Those young people were constantly reminded of what happens when you do not believe the promises of God and when you walk away from them. It's also noteworthy that that next generation did take that to heart. We can read about that in the second chapter of the book of Judges. It says in chapter 2, verse 7, the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. But then, in verse 10, we read what happened to the next generation. It says, there, after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. brothers and sisters that each generation has to be reminded constantly of the judgment of God clear what the problem was. They walked by sight. Not by faith. They wanted to be like the rest of the world. They didn't want to put their trust in God. They saw the tremendous struggle ahead of them in conquering the land of Canaan. And they knew that humanly speaking they would not be able to do it. It would be easier for the moment to trust in their own instincts than trust in God. And so they focused on their current outward circumstances rather than putting their trust in God. The almighty creator of heaven and earth. And once you start doing that, once you start concentrating on yourself, on your own abilities, on what you can see around will become more and more dissatisfied because God is no longer in the picture. And then you put your trust in man. And you know when you do that, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, you're going to be very disappointed. As a consequence of their disobedience, they fail to enter the which they were so looking forward to. So brothers and sisters, let that be a warning to us as well. We easily grumble and complain about the things we don't have without being appreciative of the things we do have. And we want to do things in our own great grandchildren. Is there anything more wonderful than that? There isn't. But you have to keep believing that. And you have to keep living out of that faith. If you don't, you're going to fall away. And so God wants us to trust in him. He does not want us to live as if we don't need him. As if we don't need God's people any longer either. As if you can just walk away from it all without, without any consequences. The consequences of walking away from God and his people is death. Eternal death if you don't repent. And that's why he gives us so many reminders in the preaching, in the administration of the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper. To remember. In the text, Jude gives us another thing to remember. He gives us the example of the fallen angels who also thought that they could do without God. Come to the second point. Jude reminds us what happened to the fallen angels when they sinned against God but abandoned their own home. Angels had been of authority, just like mankind. But the position of angels is different. The Lord has a different relationship with the angels than he does with us. He deals with them as individuals only and not as a group, as he does with us. He deals with us in the generations. Angels do not have generations. And their task was also different. of God, and as servants of men and God. That much is clear from Scripture. But now we read about the time when some angels rebelled against God. We do not read about this in any detail elsewhere in Scripture. Only Jude and Peter give us some information. And also in Isaiah there seems to be some information about that, but are not exactly sure exactly what that refers to, but we do have here in Jude and also in Peter some information about this. But how do Peter and Jude know about this, you may wonder? Well, we don't know. One way or the other, God revealed it to them. It may have been something which had been passed on to them orally. Some people think that Jude received this information from one of the Apocrypha books. The book 1 Enoch, which also says something about the fall of angels. But it is highly unlikely that he got his information from there. For apocryphal books, as you know, are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. And in these books, we have nothing but embellishment of Bible stories books because they contradict the Bible on many points. For you see, in one Enoch, it said that those angels that fell committed adultery with the women on earth, and in this way, they corrupted the human race and received condemnation. They were then put into prison and bound forever, after which God destroyed the human race in the flood during the days of Noah. Some commentators believe that Jude is using that reference. They point to Genesis 6 for proof and claim that the sons of God were fallen angels. They believe that those fallen angels took on human bodies and that they were the ones who produced a race of mighty men of old, a race of giants on earth. Now it is true that at times angels are called sons of God. one. But the term sons of God is never used of fallen angels. The reference in Genesis 6 cannot refer to angels. Angels are spiritual creatures. The Lord Jesus himself taught that in answer to the Sadducees about marriage in the resurrection that at the resurrection will neither marry nor be given in marriage they will be like angels in heaven so it says in Matthew 22 verse 30 they will not marry because they will be like the angels in heaven who do not marry and so the reference in Genesis 6 is not to angels but to the young men who sought out the girls of the world That was one of the sins of the people of the church which caused the judgment of God through the flood. As soon as the boundaries between the world, seed of the serpent and the church, the seed of the woman, are not properly kept, then God's people can experience his wrath. Jude gives his own inspired account and reminds us that after creation, some subsequently were consigned to hell. And Jude reminds us of what happened to the angels because man is in a similar situation. For you and I, we also have been given a high position. We received that high position through Christ who restored us to a relationship of favor with God through his once for all sacrifice on the cross. God warned into that same sin of the angels. He warns them not to squander their heritage by living in sin. He warns them not to deny their faith and to live like unbelievers as the false teachers in their midst urge them to do. and girls, teenagers, middle-aged, elderly? Are you content with what God has given you? Do you want more? Do you want something that somebody else has? Do you want something that you may not have? Do you want somebody else's wife? Or another woman's husband? business or bank account or job or house. Are you a grumbler or a complainer? Well, be warned. The same thing happened to disobedient Israel. They were dissatisfied. And what happened to those disobedient angels, they too were were dissatisfied. that the Lord has kept them in darkness, bound with everything, with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. That is a most terrible judgment. Their punishment is great. They will never ever escape. They are doomed forever. But you may say, is it not true that the fallen angels, Satan and his myriads of demons now have the run of the scriptures themselves that call Satan the prince of this world, how can Jude say that they are being kept by God in darkness with everlasting chains? Well, the darkness refers to hell. Jude is speaking here about the final destination of Satan and the rest of the fallen angels. Even though currently the devil may be out of his cage for a little while, he nevertheless has already been His reach. He is now like a vicious dog on a chain. Such a dog cannot harm you if you stay out of his way. For God holds him back. He is the one who holds the chain. But in the end, Satan will be thrown into. One more example. It comes with the old story about Sodom and Gomorrah. We come to the last point. It appears that the false teachers in their midst, that the false teachers in their midst had no difficulty with sexual immorality. Some people were taken in by the argument that you, what you do with your body doesn't really matter. As long as you take care of your soul all will be well. For that reason, Jude adds that third warning, for he knows that the Lord is very angry when such immorality is tolerated. And that he will remove his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to dwell in the church of God, and the bodies of the believers are temples of the Holy Spirit as well, for they are the church. In Sodom and Gomorrah, the Holy Spirit had been all completely over to the works of the devil, to live without any restraint. Their only aim was to seek pleasure for themselves. And the text says that they gave themselves up to sexual immorality and to perversion. Literally, it says that they indulged in other flesh. What does that mean? Well, in the first place, it means that they were guilty of unnatural sex with each other. It's a reference to homosexuality their quest for sexual pleasure they no longer were satisfied with normal sexual relations but they sought That very clear in Romans 1. He says there in verses 26 and following, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for. disobey their parents, they are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So familiar? The Lord God gave Sodom and Gomorrah to serve as an example, as it says in our text. Actually, it says that he exposed it exposed this openly to public view. That he put it in other words on public display. How does he do that? Most scholars today agree that those cities Sodom and Gomorrah are likely buried under the Dead Sea. And that salty sea serves as a constant reminder of God's wrath against such immorality. And furthermore the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah of the scriptures as a warning of God's judgment. Sin today is to be against homosexuality. There is no longer any shame. And even though God judges this sin already in this life through the spreading of AIDS, man does not heed God's warning. And This society more and more wallows in its own filth. such a world. We live in it just like Lot did. In 2 Peter 2 verse 7, Lot is called a righteous man. Yet in spite of his righteousness, Lot barely escaped. According to Genesis 19 verse 16, Lot and his wife and children had to be seized by the hand. Lot had a hard time leaving all his possessions behind. His materialism almost cost him his salvation. back. It was turned into a pillar of salt. Politicians today will tell you that it is all about freedom. It is about the freedom to live whatever life you want to live. And anybody that disagrees with that stands condemned. You don't even see the irony of that. Liberalism is extremely intolerant. And what they proclaim is not freedom. It is clear that this world is still in the grip of Satan. For anybody who follows the desires of the flesh is in slavery. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, God has set you and me free. He has set us free through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he also pre- But as long as you stay close to God and ask for forgiveness and commit your life to God, he will not condemn you. On the contrary, he will not condemn you on the day of judgment. For those who believe. Most wonderful day you will ever experience, because then Satan and all his fallen angels and all who followed them will be exposed and condemned and be removed from this earth forever. And brothers and sisters, young people, that's what we are looking forward to as congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need each other, don't we? We need each other to stay course and that is why it is wonderful that we may be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ all expecting our salvation from him alone God's warnings are given to us why? because he loves us because he does not want us to come into condemnation he loves us and he wants us to be close